And our Friday panel with us now in studio uh, this week and they have at least one thing in common because both are former general election candidates uh, from different years. Um, with us are Amanda Galler from Ballasadair and uh, Jim Lawler from Sligo. Good morning to you. Good, Good morning. morning. Well, you were a general election candidate. Local. No, local, yeah, local, you, you local. Can yeah. Promotion right, yeah, already, no, 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 yeah, local. <laughs> Right. Well, and well, it's interesting that you have you have the election experience. So, would you be tempted into uh, to Michael Fitzmaurice's new party, which he talked with us about this morning, uh, Amanda? What about you? Right. Now, well, I actually didn't hear that interview. Sorry. Yeah. No. Um Well, I know that what I've read of Michael Fitzmaurice's idea, he's saying a new rural party to combat the green policies. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm. I think. Both urban and rural in the nation, there, there are some that feel let down yeah. by, by the political representation we have as it is. I mean, um, it, it wouldn't just be the rural, so maybe they, they can rephrase what they're, what they're planning to do. But yes, uh, people do need a choice other than what would be on the ballot papers at the minute, Niall. At the minute, yeah. there are a lot of political homeless people in Ireland, politically homeless. Yeah. I mean, if you don't who, who prescribe... Might, who might want a home, you think, if, of if, course. if people, the policies were suitable and Yeah, if, if you don't acceptable. prescribe to... I mean, we're a progressive left-wing country, but if you don't, for those who don't prescribe to that ideology, there's no choice for them. Um, Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil, Sinn Féin, they're all the one on, on, on many of the major policies that people would have an interest in in Ireland at the minute. So yes, a party is definitely needed. Um, whether it's Michael Fitzmaurice's, I don't know. I would like to see. He'd want to get his skates on, though, I'd say. He'd want to get his skates on. Yeah. And um, we already have uh, the Irish Freedom Party. People have mentioned to me in passing... Um, there, there already is an alternative and I think they're going to run many people in the next election so yeah. there, there will be other alternatives this and I think the traditional parties will be in for a little bit of a shock electorally I think Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the Irish Freedom Party will will be a long way removed from what uh, what Michael Fitzmaurice is, yes. is talking about. Oh yeah, about. yeah. But uh, but it's yeah. a choice of for other people, Niall. You know. Yeah. Okay, Jim. The concept of this uh, new party, not rural base, but promoting rural uh, interests, Interest. and I think we were talking about the, the relevance of. I think Michael Fitzmaurice himself says it, it could be relevant to up to fifteen to twenty constituencies. Is is there is there a position for that? Do you think in well, life. First of all, I think you have to take on board that Michael uh, is on record as saying that he would not be a candidate in the next election. I didn't know that. Yeah. And uh, unless he was part of this type of a party. Um, he's, I suppose he's just reflecting a call that was made last Sunday by the leader of the Dutch farm citizen movement. Uh, I have her name here, Caroline van der Pla. She was speaking at a, a conference down in Athlone yeah. and she made this suggestion because in Holland uh, last year they formulated this party and they did exceptionally well. They got 20% of the, the, the vote. And so, but Michael, uh, he says he, he's doing it because he's, he thinks this is necessary because, to counter the Greens. But last uh I think it was Tuesday, he was quoted on RTE as saying that uh, Air, Dublin Airport produced more carbon than the farming community as a whole. Yeah, And that was retracted very quickly because Dublin Airport produces a million, which is exceptionally and ridiculous, uh, but farming produces 23 million. So his figures are quite wrong. We have had a party... Uh, Clan of Toulon here in the late 1940s, uh, in the middle 40s, and uh, they got 10% of the vote, did 11 seats, and they had two ministers 
um, Morley from Mayo and uh, O'Donnell from Galway. Um, but like a lot of these parties that are trying to cater to a lot of interests and it strikes me they'd have to plough, forgive yeah. the pun, a, a very narrow furrow if they're going to represent the farming because even the farming community is split on on a lot of issues and a lot of important issues as well and a a lot of our listeners are suggesting this morning that it's it's, even though Michael Fitzmaurice denied this that it is an anti-green party as such apart from anything else I don't know if you'd from what you know if you'd feel that to be the case or not you see he's not the only one because Mm. uh, McGrath and there's three of them uh, Collins is another one yeah. uh, that are elected to They've already gone down this road in the last week. Yeah. Uh, and it's all because this issue arose. It's interesting from my perspective looking at them that I suspect every single one of them unless they find something to hang their their petard on are going to be uh, eaten up by Sinn Féin in the next election. Yeah. Okay. Well, I suppose the, the cynics among us could say, well, if they can't agree at all level, if they can't form a group, one whole independent group, then what are the chances of a successful political party? But anyway. Well, unless uh, a part, if they do form a party, unless they're willing to go to go in and coalesce, it's a yeah. waste of time even voting for them. Right. Okay. Um, let, let's get to the the Hutch trial, which of course made all the news headlines on Monday. Not just here, but internationally as well. Did, did you follow the Hutch trial? I, I didn't at- follow it. I, of course, you, you couldn't avoid hearing about it, but I didn't follow it as, as maybe other people followed it, um, like a fine tooth comb. But uh, what I did see was, well, first of all, when I, when I heard the verdict and I saw him walk out of the court, I thought it was Tom Hanks from, um, from, from The Castaway. I thought he was filming another Castaway. And then I realised, no, that's the Hutch. So I, I, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And now he's, he's shaved off. So I don't know what all that was about. But um, Well, that, that seems to be the coverage, uh, in, in particularly yeah, the tabloids, is what, what haircut he got. And yeah, it's kind of um, a strange thing. But maybe that's the way he, he wanted to do it, you know, um, to, to have that long hair look. I don't know. But, um, but in all seriousness, now um, he's he's free man now and he's probably in a sunny climate right now but what we're left with or what the aftermath is um, I have serious questions for Mary Lou MacDonald and um, the you, state You don't think she's answered those questions no, that need to be answered I don't yet. think she's answered yet but I'd say mm. she will be pressurised into answering and then the state footing the bill for this new identity and witness protection for um, Dowdall and his family and I do believe that I don't think the guards can use Dowdall again as a witness yeah. and they, they're probably left for years with a bill of what to do where to put him and his family you know and I yeah. even th- I read this morning that his his parents and elderly um, sorry elderly parents and his older child who's in her 20s I think they also will have to be protected yet yeah. they won't they won't be put in the scheme so it's it's kind of a double whammy that the guards have to work out now and it's it's not good, the whole outcome yeah. of it, you know. And the upshot, of course, is that we still don't have anyone charged directly with the murder of yeah. um, David Byrne at the Regency Hotel all those years ago. And that will still be ongoing, that case, yeah. you know, and Niall. So it, it, there are no winners there at all in this case. Yeah. Once again, the, yeah, we're left with just bills. <laughs> do, do, do you think the coverage is a bit circus-like in the last few days? at all the way. Well, you have to understand what the media will, will will cover things where they think they'll get an interest in the most clicks, Nile, and people are always interested in, in cases like this. Mm. Always. He's, so, he's such a high-profile person as well, uh, the monk. But yeah. um, 
Well, we'll see where it all ends up. I don't know. But I know the guards will have a time trying to... Perhaps uh, you'll have a new worker here, Niall, a new identity. King, have you been following the trial? Of course, it's, it's gone on now for several years, not just the culmination no. uh, on Monday. Well, we his arrest in Spain and his extradition back. There's uh, Paul Murphy and... Uh, Jason Bonney were yeah. they're gone to prison yeah. uh, for facilitating it. Jonathan Dowdell, um, he supplied the key for the the, the, the room. Admits to, to that. Um, I agree. Uh, we have to look after this man that has been found to be a liar, and you know, I think the big issue that comes out of this. Uh, there, there are two things, in my opinion. One is how did Jerry the, the, the monk Hutch accumulate allegedly up to ten to twelve million yeah. uh, of properties? Uh, the second thing is the impact on Mary Lou. I think that's probably going to become one of the big issues out of it and her relationship with uh, Dowdell. Uh, did they carry out any checks beforehand? The interesting. Well, they thing- say they did, and she says they did. But you, you, you think we haven't heard the last of that? No, I think mm. there's a lot more. It, they, it did come out uh, in the court that um, a senior official uh, in Sinn Féin yeah. did question him about a house being shot up. Yeah, I think he's, his uncle's house, as I remember. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And the question arises, he also, it came out that he was visiting uh, an, a, a provisional prisoner. Yeah. Uh, he said he visited him three to four times, but the court uh, rec- the court records uh, showed that it was 14 times. Yeah. Now, Pier- Pierce Macaulay was the Pierce time. Macaulay, yeah. exactly. Mm. And I think the relationships uh, in that case can be traced maybe, if they're traced back into Sinn Féin, then Sinn Féin have a serious issue. Um, it, it, it's a credibility issue for Mary Lou. It was interesting um uh, that from my perspective, the fact that she brought in the fact that uh, Dowdell's wife was a civil servant, that she mentioned all of the reputable companies that he had done business with, I think was to help explain her lack of activity in assessing. It was to try and pin him with respectability and therefore absolve her from... uh, not having done the background checks that one would expect. Um, This man, it seems, if the stories that he had had told himself uh, to the court were true, then he's been a notorious crook. Mm. Yeah. Not not, not forgetting he said that Mary Lou used uh, the monk for votes and money too. That's right. That's another massive question. Uh, I think the the, the real losers in this are going to be Sinn Féin Mm. because there's too many questions unanswered. And maybe opposition politicians and indeed the media on the case already, who knows? Oh, they are. There's no two ways about it. And they're digging and they'll be digging... Yeah, and and uh, um, Dowdall being accepted into the witness protection program. Apparently, we were talking to Paul Williams on the show yesterday about this, and um, this was just it was not something that could not have been avoided. Yeah, the deal have. was made before the case. So, well, right. state has a responsibility yeah. now when they give promises. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, yeah. And, and that's in his entire family, not just him, have to be protected. All right. It. Yeah. Um, Maybe a plot twist, Niall, would be that the state can claw some money back by actually making a movie about the whole thing well, and, and asking Tom Hanks to play the yeah. Hutch. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but yeah, and well, just on that, before we move away from it, Jim, I mean, the, the tabloids, well, we're all, we, the fact we're talking about, there is a fascination in this country, is there not? 
with gangland wars, gangland criminals, feuds and... But we have a, a serious issue with it. Mm, yeah. The access to guns, um, you know, just in the last few months, uh, there's been a steady increase in uh, stabbings and shootings, not connected with criminality, but yeah. access to weapons. Uh, and when you read then that the guards in raids can pick up maybe a hundred weight of drugs, a couple of hundred thousand, and then find arms. Yeah. arms. Yeah. That's okay. a worrying thing. Yeah. And it raises questions then, I suppose, the Garda Commissioner wants the new cameras that the guards, he wants... Body cam. Yeah, yeah. Th- that they, they should be usable mm-hmm. and the information gathered in them. But the Greens in particular seem to have an issue with that. Mm. Yeah, OK. Uh, someone's suggesting that both of you are displaying... Uh, anti Sinn Féin sentiments this morning. The anti Sinn Féin brigade out in force, full force in your panel uh, this morning. Um, I'm, sh- I'm sure you're, you'd like to refute that, Amanda. Of course. Mm. No, I'm not anti anything, but um, just what, what, what is, we're just um, uh, expressing what's in the media and what's going on. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Okay, I, 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 we hadn't planned on talking about it, but the, the Ulster banks uh, closed today for the final time. Have you any thoughts on that at all? Amanda. Yeah, well, sad to see it go. Such iconic building, and um, I'm sure all of us here were at some stage in that building and and at the counter. Um, no, perhaps the state could take over the building and um, maybe a nice restaurant or coffee shop or something nice for us called the Bank. Yeah, that's, 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 that's of course is the uh, is the, the, the. I personally think our sympathies have to go to all the staff that have been let staff, go. Of yeah. Course, yeah. Uh, although quite a number have been uh, swept up by the other banks, um, it creates a big issue and a big hole throughout the communities, uh, particularly the rural communities. Now, in many cases, they don't have a choice. Now they're going to be faced with one bank, mm-hmm. if yeah. they even have that. Um, the Ulster Bank, all of their. Um, Cash machines, they're all being switched off as well. So it's from today, a total shutdown. A total yeah. shutdown. Yeah. Um, now, they would, they did say this morning in a statement that they um, would be taking uh, phone messages and f- to facilitate people. Yeah. Uh, but the doors closed at 4.30 this afternoon. Yeah, I, I just came, I mean, people were people who had accounts and mortgages and loans with the Ulster Bank were, were well, I mean, it's been going on now for, what, a year and a half, perhaps. Yeah. I didn't realise the ATM machines would be ceased to be in operation as well today. It seemed to have it just seemed to come across come upon us very very suddenly without warning today. Well, I I didn't realise that they were closing today until I well, listened see, to the news this morning. Yeah, but the, we have to realise now most of the banks have um, sublet off yeah. all their ATM machines. Yeah. Um, there are private companies running them now on behalf of the banks. The banks yeah. just don't want... All they want is your money. They don't want to talk to you. No responsibility they don't, at all, no. No, they don't want to have staff no customer interacting service. with you. Yeah. Um, okay. It's at arm's length. Yeah. So the days yeah. when the bank manager would come out to greet you for whatever reason, as a no, friend or as a, a customer, or, <laughs> are long gone and have been for a long yeah. time. I, I don't know whether you saw in the papers uh, in, in the last uh, few days... Um, it has turned out where parents were giving lump sums to their children yeah. for to buy a house. Yeah. The banks are discounting that now and saying, no, that Terrible. you didn't save it. Therefore, we're not going to count it. Terrible. And so we're turning you down because you don't, you can't demonstrate you have the thing. I personally uh, 
was trying to last year downsize my house. It's far too big for me, and there's too much ground around the house to look after it. And I went into the bank, and they wouldn't lend me money to buy a house. A, a smaller house. Pardon? A smaller house. Yeah. They wouldn't lend you money. They would not. And they told me it was central bank Rules. edict. Yeah. So I wrote to the central bank and yeah. they very quickly came back and said, no, 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 no. Last September, they sent me a copy of the circular they sent to the banks saying it's your responsibility, not ours. But then I found out it's ageism. Yeah. Because yeah. you're over 72. And I, I so mean, that's why they turned you down, because you were of a certain age. Yeah. Yeah. I offered them four times the security that I was looking for in the money and they wouldn't give it to me. And, and I mean, can can you not... You, I don't know if you'd challenge you that, can't. but can you, you can challenge that no. at all. No. They, they have a right to okay. turn down, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and they, they, when I said it, it's ageism, I told them they were liars, being honest. Because yeah. I, and they, they, when I went back in, they said it to me, you know, no, no, Central Bank. And I said, well, there's the letter. There's yeah. the email I got from the Central Bank. They could be truthful about it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... it's, it's, um, We've had all this before. It's increasingly difficult, is it not, Amanda, for for young couples to get, and young people to get mortgages? I'd say it's practically impossible at the minute, Niall. Mm. I mean, as as Jim has just said there, um, where your, your parents can give you a loan of course if they if they have that fantastic but for the banks then to turn around and not count that as the deposit i mean the young yeah. people are paying rent so obviously the um, the fact that you can pay your rent is a sign of affordability of your mortgage first of all yeah so uh, regardless of the deposit or how you got the deposit i mean it makes me so angry the way they like what they've done to jim there they have no problem in taking the taxpayers handouts when they needed it yeah do you know but when the shoes on the other foot they come down hard, especially on the young people. If they want to alleviate the, the housing crisis or to have a part in alleviating, well, if you can prove as a couple or a young person that you can pay your rent, well, then the bank should be rest assured that this person will pay their own. They're paying a landlord perfectly, then certainly they'll pay their own roof over their head for their family. You know, there's no common sense approach, I think, in the banks, Niall. Yeah. And I, I don't know, can the government intervene there, especially the deposit? I mean, of course, if you have a parent who can help with the deposits, well, then... They should be well entitled yeah, to do that. But, but that, the banks aren't accepting that because they, they have to have uh, an indication of savings yeah, on, well, the, if you're on the applicant's behalf. If you're paying landlord, you have no hope of trying to save as, as much as you want to do. Yeah, well, that in, that in itself is... affordability. Yes, but yeah. surely That's paying your rent is, is proof enough for it, me. It should be. If you've pay, paid a landlord be. for five years, yeah. you know, and you have a proof that you didn't slip up on those payments, I think uh, as a bank board, you can easily agree. Yeah, yeah. but the, the, unfortunately... I think the government um, have a part to play. They still have a shareholding in Allied Irish Banks. Yeah. Um, they will tell you that they have to allow it operate because they're trying to get the money, the state money back. Yeah. And therefore they can't interfere. Um, but the banks, I think, consistently, uh, we look at the errors they've made and so many people are being compensated for errors. Um they don't seem to change. The whole ethos of how they approach and deal with the public doesn't seem to have changed as a result of the collapse of the yes. banking system in 2008, 2010. Yeah, there has been you no know. lessons learned, seemingly. And yeah. Another thing, if, if people are in difficulty, I know that if um, if you do get turned down by the banks, you, can, you have the option of applying to the local authority for... Uh, 
Uh, low, local yeah, and, and somebody's making that exact point and, and listening to Jim saying it's, it's absolute scandalous. Age should not yes. prevent a person from getting a loan. Exactly. How are we supposed to get loans if we're a certain age to do up our houses? And also for financial example. advisors... Um they're very good as well now. When, when you you know when you get turned down, they can uh, kind of work on but, behalf. But the government are encouraging people like me, yeah, living in a big house to downsize, yeah, to downsize. Yeah. Yeah. and I tried to do it, and and you had all and those you get obstacles a block, in your way, block yeah. in your way, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's just typical. It's right. typical of, of government. Well, it's it's one of those things you have yeah. to deal with, you know. You do. Okay. Um oh seven one nine eleven eight one oh four our number to call this morning. Text or WhatsApp oh eight three three five hundred five thirty. I don't know if either of you are smokers or have been smokers in your lifetime. Um, e-cigarettes, uh, Amanda, how do you feel about okay, e-cigarettes? Right. Never have been a smoker, Niall, uh, yeah. um, thank God, but I know many of my friends were and um, I know how highly addictive it can be. E-cigarettes, I mean, I see more, I don't know, am I, am I imagining, but I see more people on the streets of Sligo today with vapes yeah. than I ever did with cigarettes, first of all. So that's, yeah, I talking, think you're right about that. It yeah. has become a bit of a, a fashion trend, apart from it, anything it else. It has indeed. And I, I, I really don't understand it because when I walk by and I get the, the smell of the, um, the vape and the smoke, it's um, like highly flavoured, fruit flavoured, you know, it's highly, it's a chemical. So I looked it up last night, what is that chemical? And there's a chemical in them, diactyl, it's called, Diactyl, and if I don't know, this new legislation has um, yeah. Hildegard Nocton put in that the companies have to list the ingredients on the outside. Yeah, I know we, we talk about it because, as you say, Minister Nocton is about to publish a new legislation which would ban the sale of e-cigarettes to children. Well, that's very, very important, and I, I would welcome that. Excellent, but. If she um, looks across the world, these are banned in many countries. Turkey, don't allow them. Qatar, um, Barbados, you can't get them. Brazil, Argentina, they're totally banned for adults and children. And we'd have to ask ourselves, why is that, Niall? And there's a thing called popcorn lung. It's a new disease. And, um, and it kind of mimics the symptoms of COPD, where the poor victim um, patient can't breathe and is wheezing and coughing. And it's very, very dangerous. And it's um, a consequence of vaping. And I don't want to scare anyone this morning. Yeah. But um, if you are the type of person that reads your label of your food and is, is into your healthy eating, and then you have a vape in your handbag, I would suggest you just think before you and check out the ingredients. And if that diactyl is in your vape ingredients, I wouldn't touch it. And I'm not a doctor, (laughs) just to say. (laughs) Jim, how do you feel about vaping uh, and legislation controlling the sale of such products? Well, the first thing I have to say is that I'm utterly conflicted in that I worked for 40 years in the tobacco industry. That's right, you did. I forgot Uh, about that. Having said that... Were you a smoker, do you want me to ask you? Never, Okay. No. Um, And and when people would say that to me, I often said to them, well, if I was selling ladies' underwear, you wouldn't expect me to go around wearing a bra. (laughs) Uh, But it, it... I'm conflicted on it. Uh, Personally, I agree with the ban uh, of the sale of either cigarettes or vaping products to children. Yeah. Um, I think it's a a, a different situation with adults. If they make that choice, I would probably say discourage them. But uh, I have to, as I said at the very beginning, I am conflicted and people say he's a hypocrite. But I'm saying it out straight now. I worked in the industry for 40 years. Um... I started work um, in for WD and HO Wills on the 21st of August 1950 uh, for £1.11 a week, 48-hour week, sweeping the floor in there. Um, 
at, that was a time in Ireland where there were no jobs and if you got a chance of a job you took it and the tobacco industry the distilleries the breweries the oil companies the banks and the civil service if you could get into one of them you were made for you were life made up. because okay. you had a fort you were going yeah. to get your pension uh, they were uh, very uh, very beneficial uh, pensions and I, I suppose I'm one of these people. I'm 33 years retired uh, this month, uh, so I'm the kind that breaks pension funds because it's it's almost impossible to do a calculation for somebody lasting that long. <laughs> yeah, and you worked your way up from from sweeping the floor, as you're saying. Yeah, farewell all the uh, way. When I was 17, one day I had a, an enlightened moment. I was throwing with a fork forking about a ton of tobacco into the back of a machine and I just said this is not for me and uh, half an hour later I went up and I asked the foreman could I speak to the factory manager uh, Mr Dudley Westrop Irvine when I spoke to him uh, I told him I'd like to be transferred to the offices he told me so I was such a nice guy I was they had me already marked out for being a foreman and I said he said anyway you don't have your leaving cert you've only completed first year and I said fine and I'm a fairly determined individual. So I rooted around and I found Caffrey's College on St. Stephen's Green. Yeah, They had a one-year course. It was primarily designed for people, because there's shortage of jobs, who had maybe got to fifth year, got a chance of a job, yeah. had to opt out. So I went and I spoke to Mr. Caffrey and he assumed I was at fifth year and I was trying to fill in the year. Uh, when I told him I was trying to fill five years into the nine months, he laughed at me, but uh, eventually agreed after we discussed it. It was £3.10 ten shillings a month. I went there Monday, uh, sorry, Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 7 to 10. I'd literally come out of the factory, hop on my bike, take my sandwiches in, Determined. study, study yeah. on Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday night. On Saturday, I played hockey. On Sunday mornings, I played uh, junior football and hurling with St. James's Gate. I studied Sunday afternoons and I went to a Cayley in the mansion house on a Sunday night. I did that and I got five passes at the end of a year. And I, I, I mean, you were looking. Yeah. What was that man's name again, Mr. Dudley Westrop Irvine? Well, weren't you weren't you lucky that he he, he saw uh, potential in you and he didn't tell you what to do as a seventeen year old oh, demanding they to me. They blocked me for uh, a seventeen year old demanding to see management when he uh, wasn't happy with his lot. Well, look, uh, it's it's history now. Uh, it, they were people of their times. Yeah. They didn't see that people at the factory, nobody had ever moved from the factory to the offices uh, yeah. at that stage in over 20 odd years. And uh, so maybe I created a bridge for others. There's only 33 people working in the company now. The day I started, there was 810. Yeah. Wow, that's I'm how the tobacco industry has. Okay. Oh, no, it uh, hasn't. No, no, no. They're manufacturing all over the world oh, now. Okay. And they're just bringing in the products, they're distributed. Yeah. Here. Okay, right. Can I ask you about the, the e bicycles, the e scooters? Again, we were talking about this during the week, and you, again, we're talking about um, new legislation controlling the sale of vaping products. There's also new legislation on the way controlling the operation um, of uh, electric bicycles, electric scooters, and um, 
clearer indications of what, what users need to do in relation to complying with the rules of the road. Mm-hmm. Have you used any of these e-bikes at all, Amanda? No. no. My husband says I'd fly off an e-scooter if I got one, even though I keep saying they're lovely, aren't they? Look at that, they're lovely. But um, funnily enough, Niall, you're talking about it this morning, I was crossing Wine Street yesterday from O'Hare's Bakery across... I nearly got ran down by a guy on one. It came out of nowhere and it was so silent. And he was mm. doing way over. I know that the legislation states that you can't go over 25 kilometres yeah. per hour. He, this guy, I don't know, I'd say 40. He was doing round a corner, flying it. And I just had to jump out of the way. But um, I know that the, if, I, if I was visually impaired now or an elderly person, I would have had an incident there yesterday morning with a scooter, e-scooter. So um, I, I looked up the National Council for the Blind are campaigning for audio device to go yeah. on them because they are so silent. So yeah. that would be one... And, and there, was, there was a similar issue with electric cars when they came on the yes, market first as well. Yes, how silent they are. Yeah. How silent. It's frightening how silent they are. But um, And I know the new legislation says you can't go on footpaths and I don't know how it will be pleased because they, they can go up to 50 kilometres per hour. So it's it's a self-regulation thing that people will have to be very good themselves because how would you please someone going past 25 km yeah you know you can't judge that and the guards can't even judge that so um and and i i just don't know where it's all going but yeah. if you're elderly or a child or visually impaired they are highly dangerous yeah but, but, do, but do you welcome the concept of an electric bicycle yes. and, and the, the pilot project which has been in place oh, locally the over the past yeah, year yeah, the, the boat system. Ones, yeah oh i do welcome that i mean I, I wish they were here years ago when when i was a youngster and i had no vehicle i would have loved to get on a boat bike um i welcome the concept they're a great invention um they're handy the scooters for going from a to b if you don't want to get in the car and yeah. do you know and we're, we all want to do our best but uh, just to be a little bit more sensible and if the audio alert was fitted like the National Council of the Blind are talking about and if everyone could get involved in that campaign it's on their website then that would be a welcome because I think that would have helped yesterday even at my near miss and also a surgeon said with these um, scooters at the speed they go if they did hit someone well then it's catastrophic it's a catastrophic injury it's not something light that you could laugh off you know Niall It's, it's serious yeah. And uh, as far as I know, there's been two deaths in Ireland since 2020 with e-scooters. Okay. So we are on dangerous, dangerous territory. I don't know how to be pleased. People should be sensible, but you know, a lot of people are not sensible now. And you could go on this thing drunk. Yeah. You could. Yeah. Jim, in, you're, par- you're in, par- in Paris, they had a vote and 90% of the people uh, voted to ban them. And to they had banned them. Oh, I didn't realise yeah. it. They banned yeah. them in Paris completely. Yes. And in England uh, last year, it was 1,437 accidents and one death. Mm. And most of the police forces in England have recommended to government that they ban them. Um, they're, they're used with abandon. They're used on footpaths in particular. They're so quiet, people don't hear them. Eamon Ryan with this new bill, the road traffic and uh, the, the road traffic and roads bill. Yeah. Um, he's he's hoping to regulate this. Anything over, tw- if the, if your machine can be regulated to travel below twenty five, you will not have to pay tax or insurance, or have a license. But if it can go over twenty five, you'll have to have those. Yeah. Now that's going to create a nightmare for the guards. A nightmare, yeah, nightmare. You know, no yeah. two ways about it. It's interesting that uh, Ashling Dunn, she's the head of public policy yeah, for we were, Bold Ireland. We had her on on the show during the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're planning to, to gear up as soon as the legislation comes in, but they won't do anything until they find out uh, the, the parameters within which they have to work. It's interesting that the RSA's Liz O'Donnell, the chair, she's called for a conservative approach. 
Now, the National Council for the Blind, as, as Amanda has said, they're looking for them to have an audio signal yeah. uh, that you can hear them. Um, but under the new legislation, um, you have to be over, you will have to be over 16. The, it, they are, as far as, we've no legislation at the moment, but because they have a motor, they fall under a mechanically propelled yeah. vehicle. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they should be taxable. You should have to have insurance. If one of these people hit you and hurt you, you've no recourse because yeah. no, you can sue them, but you're, oh, if they've yeah. no insurance, nothing. you get nothing. So overall, I'd say it'll have to be strict regulation. The bikes are another issue. You're required by law, as far as I know, to wear a helmet if you're riding a bicycle. Mm-hmm. But the bolt bikes, no, no, no helmets. you don't have to wear a helmet. Yeah, so how moment. is that happening? Yeah. I didn't I, I, know that, Jim. A couple of comments uh, before we get on to the next topic. And um, We were lucky enough last month to pay off our mortgage from Ulster Bank six years early. Unfortunately, the Ulster Bank lost our deeds to the house. They just passed it off uh, to a solicitors in Dublin. Banks just don't care. Like, how do you lose someone's house deeds? No help we got at all from the bank. Regulator couldn't be bothered. They were about as useful as an ashtray and a motorbike. You could not make this stuff up. Listener rang in to say their son and his wife have returned from Ireland after working for seven years in Australia. They've tried three lenders for mortgage but cannot get anyone because they've no history of saving in Ireland. They have a large deposit saved and it's of no use. Uh, Someone else says their son is trying to buy a house uh, is currently renting. It's impossible to save the deposit that a bank expects a young person to have. It's impossible to get a deposit and pay rent at the same time. Lots of young people are returning home at the moment and we're not helping them out. Yeah, and I think well, that covers some that, of... That is sad to hear. Could, yeah. I, sad could to hear. I suggest that people look at the possibility uh, if they're willing to hand over a deposit that they buy initially, they offer to buy the house in conjunction with their children. That is a way around it. Yeah, joint. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, joint ownership. And at some future stage, they opt out of the, the, right. the thing. Yeah. But they have to bear in mind that there are implications then of the kids inheriting because you, you get caught. If they say they give you 40,000, then the yeah. inheritance limit is 32,500. You've taxed tax on that, that. 7,500. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, did you watch the Grand National last? Saturday. I, I will confess I did, that I, yes. I, I didn't, Niall, but I always do, and I was kind of mad. I think that evening I said to my husband, when is the Grand National? And it was, it had happened. Because <laughs> I always love to put a little bet on the Grand National. It's the only bet I do during the year. But yeah. I'm delighted with Derek Fox, the winner. Yeah. Um, great for Sligo, again. Fantastic. Yeah. Tremendous we have some great sports people here. Yeah, and um, even more tremendous, I was reading a bit about him, um, he had left school at 14 and yeah. he, he suffers from dile- dyslexia and I think that's a fantastic story of someone who followed their dreams. He said Absolutely. he used to um, mitch off school, I think, and his mum would catch him in the field on the ponies. But I mean, he taught himself to read afterwards and yeah. look at the achievement. Do yeah, you know, and such, uh, such a modest lad as well, uh, Yeah, so humble and so real, a real... Um, he's very experienced, you know. Yeah. He's been riding horses, but not necessarily... He's He's been one of the unfortunate jockeys that he's never been a retained number one jockey for a big stable. Yeah. And they get the pick of the top horses and they're the ones that make the big money because they get a percentage of the winnings. And well, I'd say he'd be, he'd be headhunted now, Jim. Yeah, well... He, I don't know whether he will or not, you know. Mm. I'll tell you a funny story. Um, 
uh, some years ago I was part of a, a, a group that bought a horse for 10,000 yeah uh, and we had an ambition uh, <laughs> Derek was riding the horse and he was being trained here in Sligo um, and he'd be sent away maybe to you Toxeter or somewhere like that and we'd pick up a couple of hundred uh, because we the, the, the trainer knew he'd, we'd a good chance of winning but it was decided we'd put him into Galway because we all wanted to get into the big ring with all the, all the other yeah. so on the day we were there and uh, we were all in the big ring and uh, JP McManus and all these guys were there and we somebody in the group said to the trainer um, what's our chances and he looked around and he said see that horse there he said that cost a quarter of a million see that one there that cost 300,000 and then he went through the whole lot and he says, there's 18 horses in the race. We'll be either sixth or seventh. And we were sixth. He was spot on. Wow. He was spot on. Yeah. But that raised a big question with me. You know, if these guys know where you're going to be in the race, what's the point of putting on a bet? <laughs> Ask them. Yeah. <laughs> we, were there. we were there for the day out. Of course, yeah. You know. did well at 10,000 euro horse. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's becoming increasingly popular Jim, and not it's everyone goes in at, at the 10,000 level. I think you can get in for a lot lower than that, but you, you get a few perks, don't you? You get a day out and you get the VIP pass for the paddock and all yeah, that, Jim. Yeah, yeah. For a day, you're somebody for a day. Yeah, and, and, and maybe you can get lucky, and I think the owners of the Grand National winner were oh, yeah. a group of lads from Scotland, weren't they? And I don't they think, are, yeah, I don't think yeah. they were serious. Yeah. But that's a unique horse. Yeah. Mm. And I think Derek said that, you know, uh, the day he won the, 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 he uh, was training, riding this horse out seemingly, and he said to me, "If he ever is going, I want to ride him." Yeah, he and knew. He knew. A yeah. Unique, unique yeah, horse. Yeah, unique yeah. horse. And but having said that, you should never take away the horse. Doesn't know its own way around. Oh, absolutely. To win the, the, the race once is, is yeah. a tremendous and, achievement, but twice you'd have to be delighted for him. Yeah. You know, yeah. As an individual. Did, did, uh, do you mind me asking? Did, did you break even with your investment, or did yeah. you? You did. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. all right. And it was it was worthwhile. Then, the, wasn't the, it? She then I got out and on its own in the field and decided to jump and tore a ligament in its leg. We sold it for a euro, I think, oh. to one of the consortium. and uh, But they rehabilitated the horse and it, it went back. Now, I don't know whether it's still running or not. Wow. But it went well. back and it, I, I saw it did win a small race. Yeah, right. Uh, but if with a good trainer, uh, if he places the horses uh, properly, yeah. you can about break even. Yeah. You, you, you don't go into this... To, to make, make a money. huge amount of money, yeah. don't you? And you had I a mean, bit of fun along the way as well. Yeah, I, I, the big guys that are in it, uh, they're in it for breeding purposes. And what people don't realise, breeding horses, uh, you, you get a good fall and you get a lot of money, it's tax-free. Yeah. Okay, right. Pe- people have great memories and somebody asks or wants to know, were you campaigning for a lollipop person during the election campaign? I don't lollipop remember Lollipop person, no. Yeah, uh, I don't bus, remember bus that. shelters, which we never got in Ballas. It's amazing so how you're... standing in the rain it's amazing how you're held to account. Somebody seems shelter. to remember you campaigning for a lollipop person. They don't see where I presume it was for a balisadier. Oh, lollipop. No, yeah. uh, proper crossing. Yeah. Proper zebra crossing and the balisadier village and also bus shelters, which I may add, Thomas Walsh, they never came. The bus shelters never came. Yeah. And a final question to the two of you. And again, it's to do with Sinn Féin. What is wrong? The, uh, ask the panel, what is wrong that Sinn Féin cannot be given a chance in government? They are well-educated people and they should have the respect of others. And I suppose the implication is that 
neither of you have respect for Sinn Féin, which is a, a Well, I just a don't big... like their policies, so yeah. that's my issue with them. I don't have any... It's not disrespect, but I mean, I, I will only vote for people who... who yeah. I ha- and I don't have anyone to vote for, but, you know... You, would, you my... wouldn't vote for them, so no. No. Nope. Okay. I think it's, it's just democracy working. Yeah. When people are elected... And they get, they're elected to legislate on behalf, on all of our behalves. And if a majority of them come together to form a government, that doesn't mean everyone is anti Sinn Féin. That just means that they haven't got the numbers. Yeah. Nothing else. That's democracy working. Yeah. Don't be always whinging. All right. And, and, and one point I will make, which I find absolutely mind-boggling in Ireland, is we elect our people, okay? We elect, so say, for instance, Taoiseach and Taunashton now, but they are, they have eight, I think it's eight advisors each. Yeah. So we we elect these people. I know I know they need some advisors, but eight per, per person is, is pushing it. And, and the salary, well, I don't know how you feel about that, Jim, but do you need eight people telling you when the people have put their trust in you and, and you are Taoiseach, I know yeah, the teacher's well, probably a different I, job. I, but I, I, personally, I would be reluctant to go against that because I think uh, government is now so complex and the world we live in is so complex that if you look at the briefs under which each of those ministers are working... There's vast, vast. Yeah, there's no way that an individual on their own... Well, OK, but, but uh, I, d- I think maybe four. <laughs> well, I don't think it's, it's to do with the numbers. I think it's the complexity. If you look at, I think, Eamon Ryan's and yeah. all the different things he's, that come under him or uh, Catherine Martin, you know, she's a wide mm. spectrum of responsibilities. Issues and, yeah, I know, yeah, you, I know one person there, couldn't deal with everything. No, there's yeah. no way. And I would say, rather than say, y- y- I don't agree with eight, I would say, let's look at what we're asking them to do and then say... Is it possible for one person? And mm-hmm. if it's not, then whatever is necessary to do the job right. Mm-hmm. The, the big question is, are they doing the job right? I mean, can I just revert slowly, quickly to yeah. the, this the housing issue? I cannot for the life of me understand why in a crisis that they can't lift this ban on parents gifting a site to their children in the country, especially yeah. when the sites are there Provided, of course, that the services that you don't have to bring the services yes. uh, a simple, mile away. Exactly. Let's, you know, but it's a no common sense approach. That's all. Yeah. That's all. You know, and I, I, th- that just defies logic to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it would make a difference. Yeah. All right. Okay. I think they need a minister for common sense. 